0: declare today that your name is victory because there is power in the name of Jesus. There is peace that surpasses understanding. There is unspeakable joy. There is protection. There is provision. There is love. There is grace. There is mercy. There is strength. There is boldness. There is refuge. There is the great shield and healing in the Everything that we need, God, is in your name. And so we come to declare today, God, that we are grateful to be known by that name. We are grateful to know that name. We are grateful to make that name known all over the world. So we thank you, God, for the gift that you have given us, the gift of life, the gift of power, even by your same spirit. Anyone different, not one like it, not one similar, but the same Spirit that raised you from the grave, God, is able to give life to our mortal bodies. And so by the same power we are able to rise. By the same power, we are able, God, to be resurrected from the dead. So anything and everything, God, that is dead in our lives today, we bring it before you. Anything, God, that is dead, God, in our bring it before you. We lay it at your altar, God, and we pray that the same power and the same spirit will resurrect God, that which you have brought for life and for your glory. So we thank you, God, for your presence in this place. Giving us an opportunity to praise you, to worship you, and to glorify you. And we pray that you will continue to be glorified in this place and through us, God, for our sake, for those that you have called us for your glory, we thank you and we pray all this in the powerful precious name of Jesus Lord Christ. And all God's people, set together, Amen. And make the Lord a hand before you are seated. All right, so let's go before the Lord in prayer for this particular word and lesson, and we will begin. God, we thank you again so much for blessing us with one more time in your presence. We don't take this lightly nor for granted, God. It's amazing that uh, we uh, have a. a Season that we are in, where uh, the doors of the church were uh, shut, they were closed. We could not gather. We could not assemble. And it was at that moment, God, where many people realized how much we truly needed to be found in your presence, collectively, corporately, together with your people. And so we count this an honor and a privilege. We know there are other places around this world where they can't meet like this. Not so much because of the pandemic because of the laws that are in place there. So we thank you for our freedom, and we thank you for this privilege and opportunity that you've given us to gather in your name. So we pray that we will never take that for granted. We will never take that lightly or uh, lightheartedly, God, but with uh, a sobering mind, God, we will enter in your presence with the fullness of joy that you have given us. So we pray now, God, as we have met, may it not we lifted up praise and glory and honor to your name, may you now, in return, pour out blessing from heaven to us. As we open up your word, may you open up our hearts and minds to receive it with gladness, with understanding, and with the decision to apply what is preached today. So we thank you, God, for this. We pray you will now watch over your word, see that it perform according to your will and for your glory, and we will be careful to give you all the glory. can be described in, in, in many ways. Um, we, of course, are the land of the free. Okay, This is a free nation. I know, like we said last Sunday, some of those freedoms are beginning to, uh, to erode and, and be taken away, but for the most part, this still is a nation of freedom. And if you don't believe me, just go try living somewhere else for a while. Okay? Go try living are in this place. So freedom can be a way that this nation is described. This nation can also be described as a land of opportunity. It is a land of opportunity where people are willing to cross land and sea to get here, to risk life and limb to get here, to, to bleed, to, to cry, to to risk their lives to get here uh, in hopes of having an opportunity for what we call the American dream. So this can be described as the land of the free, the land of opportunity, the land of the brave. We have one of the greatest uh, military known to man here. And so we are protected and we are provided for here. This land, this nation can be described as being diverse, where every tribe and ethnic and creed can be represented here. You just go to New York, we're alone, and you can see all of that in an instant. And so with that, of course, another word that can describe this nation, not only is it diverse, it is also divisive. We now live in a land where it has been said we are no longer the United States of America, we are now the divided states of America. Because all of the different things that now divide us as a nation, so there are many words, many things come to mind when I try to describe this particular nation that we're in. But there's one particular word that describes us, and I'm sure once I say it, you will agree that we're seeing more and more as time goes on. We're seeing it everywhere and from the majority of everybody in this in this land, in this nation. The other word I believe that could be used to describe this nation is anger anger we are now <laughs> a very angry nation <laughs> and you can see that everywhere you can see that at every fashion of life you turn on the news and you see a bunch of angry people you drive on these roads and you see a lot of people who have rage now, and they have no patience for anybody. You don't press the gas as soon as that light goes, they're on the horn, okay? You must be on your phone, right? (laughs) We see it on social media with all of the comments and derogatory name calling and everything that's going on. Everywhere we look, everywhere we turn, we are seeing more and more people who are angry, who are angry. We're upset because the country is shut down. We're upset because the country is opened up again. We're upset because some people are wearing their masks. We're upset because some people are not wearing their masks. We're we're upset about anything and everything, about our government, about politics, about about all kinds of things. We are angry, and it is beginning to fester. It is beginning to show we are reaching our boiling point. (laughs) We are reaching our fever pitch where is being more and more on display than ever before. We are now easily triggered. We are now highly offended from everything under the sun. So I believe as we look around at our nation, we look around even our world, but especially in our nation, we can describe this nation. know and understand that anger is an emotion and all of our emotions obviously have been given to us by God. God has given us all of our emotions on purpose and for uh, for purposes. So because anger is an emotion that our creator has given us the ability to have, that lets us know that used by it. That anger in and of itself is not wrong. Anger in and of itself is not bad. What makes anger bad or good, right or wrong, is how we use it and if we are used by it. Why did God give us anger? Well, because there are some things that you need to be angry about. There are some things that you be angry about. It is called righteous indignation. I am indignant about this particular thing, but I have a right. I have a cause. It is just that I am angry about this. I think the two stories that we saw yesterday is an example of righteous indignation. Yesterday's stories were examples of you should be upset about injustices that go on. A lady who will make up a story who will try to weaponize the police not knowing and understand how far that will actually go just to get the police to come to make it all better for her. And then another story where we see what happens when the police actually show up. A man who was to be upset about. Those are some things you ought to be angry about. And so if we didn't have the emotion of anger, we would be indifferent about things we should be upset about. So God says, I'm going to give you the ability to get mad. I'm going to give you the ability to get upset. I'm going to give you the ability to get angry. Why? Because there are certain things in this life you should be upset about mad about, you should be angry about. But it must be righteous indignation. We'll talk a little bit more about that later. And it must be anger that you are controlling and not anger that controls you. So there is something There's something called righteous indignation. And if there is an ability we have to control the anger that's been given to us, but there is also unrighteous indignation, angry for the wrong reason, or anger act out because it is controlling you, how do we know the difference between those two? How do we know the difference? If God is able to use our anger, also Satan is able to use our anger, how do we know which one is right enough? And since Satan is able to use our anger, that means that anger definitely is a mine of the mind. Because God can use our anger, we know there is something called righteous indignation. But because Satan can also use our anger, we know that And so it is definitely another mind of the mind. Remember what we define a mind of the mind being. It is something that Satan plants. It is something that life will trigger. But it is something that God wants us to give, get the victory over. God wants to give us the increase or the the victory over, and so this one is no different. This, This next installment of our series, Minds of the Mind, I want to speak today on part 12. We're simply calling indignation. Indignation. We are a nation of indignation. We are an we want to know, when is it justified? When is it righteous? When is it of God? And when is it a mind of the mind? That's what we want to talk about today. So, let's start off, first of all, with the source of anger. The source of anger, we're talking about the unrighteous kind, the source of anger obviously comes from the sin within. Right? The source of anger comes from the sin within. We had somebody who called the church office, and they were uh, asking us, you know, what services you provide, and he said, you know, well, I just had a court or a judge tell me I need to take anger management class. <laughs> I need to find an anger management class. I want to know if y'all uh, provided an anger management class. You know, we don't manage anger here, okay? We try to eliminate the anger, okay? <laughs> We don't want to manage. We want to eradicate it. (laughs) And in this particular case, we know and understand the reason why we want to eradicate this kind of anger is because the source of anger is from the sin within. Whether it's from pride, whether it's from selfishness, whether it's from greed, whatever that reason is, if you have this unrighteous anger, it is from the source the source of sin. But now let's look at James chapter 4 so we can see the cause of anger. You know, the source of anger is the sin within. But what causes us to be angry in this unrighteous way? What what trips this anger that Satan plants in us? Well, James Do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? You lust or desire and you do not have. You murder and you covet and cannot obtain. You fight and you war. The Bible is telling us in this passage here that this kind of this kind of unrighteous anger that is a mind of the mind that Satan plants, that life triggers, comes when we don't get what we want or we don't get our way. That's where it comes from. Where do these wars, where do these fights come from? When you don't get what you want, when I don't get what I want, or when I don't get my way. Just test this. last time somebody was angry at you. Why were they angry at you? Why did they get upset with you? Or why were you angry with them? It is either because you didn't get what you wanted or you didn't get your way. That is where it comes from. You're not getting what you wanted or you didn't get your way. This is what we learn from birth. (laughs) We come out come out of the womb upset. What is going on here? Put me back in. I didn't ask to be uncomfortable like this. And it continues. I'm hungry. I'm angry. I'm wet. I'm angry. I'm tired. I'm angry. (laughs) We learn that. We are conditioned that whenever we're not getting what we want or whenever we don't get our way, we are angry and upset about it. And for the most part, Belongs to me, or what's rightfully mine, or I'm not getting my way. I think this is how it should be. I think this is how it needs to to go. And because that's not happening, I'm upset. I'm angry, and I'm going to let you know, and I'm going to take it out on you because I didn't get my way. The cause of this type of anger comes. so the source of this type of anger is sin. The cause is contempt. But to know and understand the outcome, we have to go to the origin. Let's go to the origin of anger. The very first time anger shows up in Scripture, to understand what the Genesis chapter 4 is the very first time this kind, this type of anger shows up in Scripture. You know the story, Adam and Eve, first people on earth God creates. They sin, they become sinful beings, everybody in them is now a sinful being as well. They produce children in sin, and the first children mentioned in Scripture that they produce. Is two brothers Cain and Abel Cain and Abel are the two sons first mentioned from Adam and Eve and it says in verse 3 and in the process of time it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord Abel his brother also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their Just like we present offerings to the Lord today. We just did that before this service. We present offerings to the Lord. Well, they did that way back when. They were to offer offerings or sacrifices to the Lord. Well, Cain and Abel, they both do this. But it says here, and the Lord respected or received or accepted Abel So you have these two brothers, they both give God an offering. They give God something as a gift, as an offering or a sacrifice. God accepts Abel, but he rejects Cain. Now, why does he do that? The Bible never tells us why. We often would speculate. There's a couple of reasons why that might be. The first thing we see that is different between these two gifts is, number one, the Bible says Cain gives of the fruit of the ground, whereas Abel gives from his livestock. In other words, God may have required a blood sacrifice. Right? He may have required a blood sacrifice as a gift or as an offering. And so because Abel brought a blood sacrifice from his, his lambs and Cain brought just the fruit of his land, God accepted Abel and not Cain. That could be a reason. Another difference we see in this particular scripture here is it says Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock. Abel didn't just bring some of his flock to God. He brought the very best to God. The firstborn is the very best. Not the leftovers. Not after I've given everybody else what they need and kept back from me and then I see what's left over. Then I'm going to give that to the Lord. No, God says that's wicked. That's evil. Wait till we get to Malachi. Abel, now gives the very first fruit from his flock to God. So it could be that Abel gave his very best, Cain gave what was left over, what he didn't want. But regardless of the reason why God accepted Abel and he didn't accept Cain, we know that God accepted Abel and he didn't accept Cain, okay? For whatever reason that was. And notice what happened. was very mad, very upset. He was very angry, and so much, the Bible says, and his countenance, fell. That means that the anger had control of him. It means it's possible for you to be angry and nobody knows. It's possible for you to be upset and mad and nobody even realizes why. Because you are able to control it. But when your countenance falls, and when you act a certain way, and you begin to speak a certain way, you are proving that you are not in control of the anger you have. Your anger is controlling you. Okay? And Cain's anger was controlling him. How do we know that? Because his countenance failed. So the Lord has. Face. Well, why are you upset? And he says in verse 7, if you do well, will you not be accepted? God wasn't playing favoritism here. He wasn't saying, well, I like Abel more, so I'm going to accept his offering. No. Both brothers knew what God had required of them. How do we know both brothers knew what God required? Because God said, if you do what is right, you will be accepted just like your brother was he says, but if you do not do well, well, guess what? Sin lies at the door waiting for you, waiting to pounce on you, and its desire is for you. It wants to control you, but you even though you have this anger, even though I've given you the ability to get angry, to get upset, to get mad, you should be controlling it, not it controlling you. You should be ruling it, not it ruling you. And so I want to give you this fair warning, came before it's too late. Get a hold of this anger that you have. Get control of this anger that you have because... If you don't control it, it's going to control you, and it's going to cause you to do something you do not want to do. Cain, of course, does not listen to God. Cain allows the anger to control him. Cain allows the anger to fester in him, where he gets so bitter, so angry, so upset, where it says in verse 8, now Cain talked with his uh, brother Abel, and it came to pass when they were in the field, brother and because he didn't get a hold of this anger that he had because he allowed it to make him bitter instead of being better not it wasn't that he had control of it it then actually had control of him and caused him to do something that he probably thought he would never do this is the first murder the first time of a life being taken illegitimate, And it was all out of a result of uncontrolled anger. Unbridled anger. You realize that anger is a reckless emotion when it controls you. It, it is an, a reckless emotion when it controls you. In other words, you have no idea what it will cause you to do. Do you realize there may be people in prison right now still scratching their head wondering how they got there? I mean, they, they don't call that show Snap for a reason, right? But you have these these women who snap. I don't know what happened. I don't know what came over me. I, I never thought that I would be able or possible to do what I did, but yet I because I allow this anger in me, this hostility in me, this rage in me to control me instead of me controlling it. And it caused me to do what I never thought I would do. And now I have destroyed my life as a result How many marriages have been destroyed because of this? How many marriages have been destroyed because of anger and the lack of the con- of the anger that been. How many churches have had church splits <laughs> because of anger? How many wars have been started because of unbridled anger? God says this is an emotion that I give you for a reason, but you should rule over it rather than it ruling over you. So again, your question may be, "Well, why would God give us?" God give us such a dangerous emotion like anger. Why would God give us such an emotion like this that is so reckless, that is so uh, that has so such the potential of wrecking our lives and destroying every aspect of our lives? Why would He give us this kind of emotion again? Because there is a way, and there is a time for anger. There is a Ephesians 4, we see this. In Ephesians chapter 4, starting in verse 26, God says this, and Paul, he says, be angry and do not scripture, this passage of scripture, that it's possible to be both, or do both. It's possible for us to get angry for a just cause, but not sin in our anger. God says that's possible. Why? Because he says, go ahead and be angry, and do not sin, though. Why He says, A lot of married couples who've used this particular scripture. And I wouldn't oppose you using this scripture, but I don't believe that's what God is talking about. You know, we, we we gotta settle our differences before we go to bed. We gotta settle our differences before the sun goes down and, and it's nighttime. Well most of our fights happen at night. What do you do then? <laughs> the sun is already there. What do you do then? No <laughs> so God is saying don't let your anger be the cause the facet of your life coming to an end. Remember when Jesus said, I must work the work that is within me while it is day. Night coming when no one can work. Now, is Jesus talking about a 24-hour period? No. He is simply saying, I have a certain amount of time in this life and in this world to do a work, but then my time is going to come to an end where I will no longer do the work I've been called to do. In the same way, when a when the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your wrath, you say don't let anger in an aspect or facet of your life. Don't let the anger in your marriage. Don't let the anger in your ministry. Don't let the anger in your job. Don't let the anger in your life. Don't let the sun... Do you realize that you are inviting Satan in when you have this kind of anger? When you have unbridled, unjust anger that is controlling you instead of you controlling it, you're saying, Satan, have your way. Satan, come on in. Do what you want. You say, oh, I'm not doing that. Well, the Bible says you open the door for him, so it's as if you are doing that. You are letting the door open for him. Remember in Ephesians where where the Bible says that we are to render the affections to one another, to husband and wife? He says you don't deprive one another except for a time of prayer and fasting, but see that you come back again so that Satan may not have an open door. So that Satan may not have a a way in to bring havoc to your life. And just like that is true with you holding back the affection that is due your spouse, God says in the very same way, when you have this kind of anger that is unjust, that is uncontrollable, you are opening a door and leaving it open for Satan to come. God says, don't give place to the devil. Don't give your finances, your health, your job, everything about your life. And you will even use unbridled anger to do it, if you love it. Now, as we said before and as we've just been singing, God has given us victory and power over him already. Satan is a defeated foe. He has been disarmed. So that means the only power that Satan has is the power of The only power that Satan now has over the Christian, over the believer, over those who are found in Christ, the only power he has is the power we relinquish to. The power we give him, The door we open and we say, come on in and take control of my mind. Come on in and, and use this anger that I have over this person, over this thing, not happening my way. And I'm not getting what I want and I'm not getting my way. Go ahead, Satan. Use that to given us this emotion called anger, because there's a time to get angry. There's also a It is when we get back home and we're with our spouses. When we get back to work and we're dealing with their coworker or our bosses. When we get into traffic and people are, are, are driving a way we don't want them to drive. That's when we need this. So it's easier. look at that particular story and see the different components of that story to see how we are to process the anger that we have in this life as well. So in John chapter 2, this is in the four gospels, but we'll look at John's version of events here. This is Jesus' righteous indignation. In John 2, starting in verse 13, it says, now the Passover of the Jews was at hand, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. He found in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and doves and the money changers doing business. When he had made a whip of cords, he drove them all out of the temple with the sheep and the oxen and poured out the, ch- the changer's money and overturned the those who sold doves, take these things away. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. Now the gospel says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. You have made it into a den of thieves. Then his disciples remembered that it was written, in God's word, zeal for your house has eaten the hell. Now people read this story, they may Jesus being a little extra, <laughs> they may view Jesus as being out of control. At this they may view Jesus as being wrong by what he did and how he went about doing it. They may even go as far as to say that Jesus was sinning because of this episode. There's nothing to be farther from the truth, and let me give you a few reasons why. Number one, his motivation. Jesus' motivation for what he was doing was pure. In other words, it wasn't for selfish reasons. It wasn't something that was changeable or something that uh, was uh, subjective. His motivation for what he was doing was pure, was just, and therefore it was right. It was right, and it was right the Pharisees, or the Sadducees, or anybody else who was there, it was right in God's eyes. His motivation was pure, his motivation was right, his motivation for what he did was right in God's eyes, number one. Number two, Jesus focused on the action rather than the Just focused on the action rather than the person. Now he did clear the person out, the person out, but he wasn't coming against the person. He wasn't attacking the person. He wasn't addressing the person. What he was addressing was the action, and that's why those two stories yesterday, everybody should be upset, no matter what color you are, <laughs> no matter what background you are, no matter what. You have no matter what experience you have. Why? Because of the action. Even if both those cases were reversed, the cop was black, the, the guy who died was white, the woman in the park was black, and, and the man was white, even if they were reversed, we all should still be upset. Why? Because it's the action we are addressing, not the person. So God, number one,'s motivation was pure. Number two, he was focusing on the action. The person number three, there was no hatred or ill will in his heart. For him. Jesus wasn't trying to get them back. Jesus wasn't trying to make them pay. Jesus wasn't trying to get even with them. Jesus wasn't trying to make them hurt like they made him hurt. No, he had no hatred and no ill will for them. What he did, he did out of love—love love for his Father in heaven, love for his Father. And love for the people who were being uh, manipulated at that time. But it wasn't out of hatred or ill will for anybody. Number four, he did something. He had this righteous indignation which. Remember when the Pharisees come in and they try and trap Jesus? See if he's going to heal on the Sabbath? There's a guy there, he's he's crippled or lame or has a withered hand or whatever. And they look and they see it's the Sabbath. They see if he is going to heal on the Sabbath. Jesus gets up and says, Which one is right to do? To do good on the Sabbath or to do evil on the Sabbath? Because either way even doing nothing is actually doing something. And the something that you're doing is you're allowing the evil to continue. If you have the power to stop the evil from continuing, and you do nothing, you are actually doing something. You're allowing it to continue. So in the same way, because Jesus has this righteous indignation, this righteous anger, it caused him. why God has given us anger, because it prompts us, it it causes us to do something that we are angry about. They say, this is one of the ways you would know what your calling is in life. You don't know what your call is, you don't know what your purpose is, they have to give you several questions to ask yourself, but one of those questions you're supposed to ask is, what do you get angry about? What do you get upset about? What really takes It's like that it just runs you the wrong way. You can't believe it's like this. You can't understand it. Why? Because then you'll want to do something about it. But if you're not angry about it, if you're not upset about it, if you're indifferent about it, you would never be motivated to do anything about it. Jesus was so angry, so upset that he was willing to do something about it. Next, he didn't allow this righteousness. Him being bitter. It wasn't like he went out of the temple and he was still looking for him with the whip, right? <laughs> he wasn't doing it. He wasn't bringing this up again every time he saw them. He didn't allow this anger to linger and cause him to be bitter. Six. It was according to God's word. It was according to God's word. He. It has been said, my house shall be called a house of prayer. That's according to God's word. They said, we remember it, it was written, zeal for your house. So what Jesus did was according to Could have done a lot of things because he was, is, and that forever be Remember when they were arresting him in the garden and Peter tried to defend him? He says, "Peter, put away your sword! Don't you know what I can do? Don't you know the power that I have? Don't you know I can call down twelve legions of angels that would destroy everybody and get me out of here?" But he didn't do that. Why? Because he stayed under control. So the next. Want to know is this righteous indignation or is this anger that seeks I want them to suffer. Am I able to do something about this? Is it lingering in me and causing me to be bitter rather than better? Is it according to God? his way to Jerusalem. Luke nine fifty one. it says, Now it came to pass when the time had come for Jesus to be received up that he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. And he sent messengers before his face, and as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. Why is that important? Because there was a race war going on in Jesus' day as well. The Jews the Samaritans did not get along at all whatsoever. The Jews stayed on one side of the railroad tracks, Samaritans the other side. The Jews and the Samaritans had no dealings with each other. They were like the Hatfields and the McCoys. They were like the Crips and the Bloods. They were like the blacks and the whites and everything in between going on right now. Jesus was in the midst of a race war back then as well. So he is going to Jerusalem, but he has to pass through a town of Samaria. it says in the next verse, but they, these Samaritans, they did not receive him because his face was set for the journey to Jerusalem. So Jesus was for the Jews going to Jerusalem, and he was just bypassing this town of Samaria. So the Samaritans said, no, we don't want Jesus here. We don't want y'all here. We don't receive. When his disciples, namely James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? I mean, I can't believe they're not letting you in. I can't believe they don't want to hang out with you. I can't believe they don't want to have any dealings with you. They don't want to receive us. Do you want us to call down fire from heaven and wipe them all out just like Elijah? Destroy people who made you mad, to kill people who upset you, and made you angry. How many people do you think would actually be using that power? A whole bunch of people, right? <laughs> well, they believe they have this power, and they want to use this power because the Samaritans angered them. <laughs> the Samaritans upset them. The Samaritans made them mad. And so they want to call down fire from heaven and get them back. Wipe them out because they upset them. What is Jesus' response? says, but he turned and he rebuked them. He rebuked them and said, you do not know what This this is not the heart of God. For you to be so angry and so upset that you would want somebody's demise because of it. You realize the Bible says, God says, I take no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Remember that time when uh, Osama bin Laden was killed? Everybody was celebrating. Everybody was rejoicing. And we stood up and said, what? Says he takes no pleasure in the death of even the wicked, and so neither should we. And so, when your anger is causing you to want ill will toward somebody else because they angered you, God says that is not of the spirit of God. That is not the heart of God. So, if it's not the heart of God, then whose heart is it? If it's not the spirit of God, then whose God? There's only two choices. So if it's not from God's heart, and if it's not from God's spirit, it only leaves one other place. It only leaves one other kingdom. He says, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of." And he explains why. He says, for the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went. They simply said, fine, they don't want us, fine, we'll go to another deal. They don't want any dealings with us, fine, we'll go another way. Why are we going to attack them and come against them and call fire down to consume them just because they said something we didn't like? Or things didn't go our way, or we didn't get what we thought we wanted or, or should have. We will just go. Those are the examples, the two extremes of the difference between righteous indignation from Jesus and unrighteous indignation from his disciples. Unbridled anger will cause you to relinquish control of your life and give it to somebody else. You know, one of the reasons I don't get upset is. I don't think anybody in here has ever seen me upset. (laughs) Y'all correct me if y'all ever see me upset. But one of the reasons why I don't get upset is because I don't want to give you that control over my life. You mean I'm gonna allow you to dictate to me how I feel? I'm gonna allow you to dictate to me if I'm either gonna have a smile on my face or a frown on my face. I'm gonna allow you. give anybody that much power, that much control over my life. You cannot dictate to me how I'm going to feel. You cannot dictate to me how I'm going to act, how I'm going to respond, how I'm going to speak, how I'm going to do. You don't have that much power over my life. But when you have this type of unrighteous indignation, that's exactly what you do. You give power and control of your life to somebody else. how I think, control how I feel, control how I speak, control what I do, control how I respond. Here you go. And not only do you give it to others, let me tell you what else you give it to, Satan. You give Satan this power and this control over your life when it is unrighteous indignation. And he will gladly you. we used to have a same growing up in church when things were going well and there was great praise and worship and the spirit fell off. And we would say, ain't nobody mad but the devil. <laughs> ain't nobody mad but the devil. When you have unbridled anger, out of control anger, unjust anger, because you didn't get your way or you didn't get what you want, and you allow that to manifest, ain't nobody Rejoicing over your your ministry going down, your church splitting up, your marriage uh, ending up in divorce court. He's rejoicing over that. I refuse to give him that honor and that power. I refuse to give him that pleasure of destroying what God has built because of my unrighteousness. others. He's great Bruce Banner. But Bruce Banner has one problem. <laughs> he can't control his anger. He can't control his anger and so he'll even tell people, you don't want to get me angry. <laughs> you don't want to see me when I'm mad, when I'm upset. Why? Because he knows it is anger that he can't handle. He can't control. And whenever he gets Whenever he gets upset, he doesn't have control over it. It actually has control over him, and it causes Bruce Banner to turn into a monster. Turns into the Incredible Hulk. (laughs) And what does the Incredible Hulk do? He smashes things. (laughs) He destroys things. (laughs) Why? Because it is an anger gives us the same warning. He gives us the same warning. If you can't control this anger, this emotion I've given you for a reason, if you can't control it, get ready for it to smash. Get ready for it to destroy your marriage. You guys may have, over today's lesson, is there anybody in-house, first, before we check online, is there anybody in-house who has a question you would like to ask today? It could be over this lesson or over anything you talked about today. Anybody in-house? No questions? Okay. Anybody online? No, no, nobody online? Okay. We're going home early again. Y'all better be careful. My wife is going to get used to this. <laughs> home before nine. Yeah. Okay. Come on up, if you will, then, Bonnie. Well, this is the only questions. We want to, let, because there are no other questions, we'll go ahead and allow it. Okay. So what's your, what's your? You're not alone, Bonnie. You know, there's a lot of people who did that, just like there was a lot of people who did it when a son of the was killed as well. Uh, but this is why we bring it up. This is why we mention it, because that's human nature for us to applaud and to cheer and to act out that way, because that's natural force. us. But so we ought to have the heart and the mind of God for the worst of the worst, because all it takes is one sin to keep you out of the kingdom. So if it's not for the grace and the mercy of God, there go I because so only by God's mercy and God's grace. Now, some may be further along deep in sin than us, but that's because we're comparing them to us. We're not comparing them to God. If we compare all of us to God, we all fall short. We all are deserving of death, hell, and the grave. And when we keep that in mind the say, Lord, it was wrong what they did, but let me focus on the action, not the person. And that will help you allow you to, yeah, yeah, No. I said last week when we or a couple of weeks ago when we talked about uh, racism and, and all that. No. Go ahead and hate unrighteousness. Go ahead and hate sin. Go ahead and hate wickedness. Go ahead and come against all that. But don't uh, direct that toward the person. Direct that and keep that toward the action. But don't direct that toward the person. That's all that I'm saying. I hate what happens It it was unrighteous. It was unjust. It was uh, cruel. I hate it. It it was wicked. it, it It was all those things. But my love is still for each and every person involved. I don't wish any ill will toward anybody. I don't want God to strike them dead. I want them to be saved just like God has saved me. And when you think of your own, and the grace and the mercy that God had on you when you didn't have to, that you will be more prone to extend that same mercy and that same grace to somebody else no matter how bad, wicked, or evil you can feel. That is the heart. That is the mind of God. Okay?
1: Got a question now?
0: Okay. Now we're to to Prime, the Pope. We are called the light of the world. We are called the salt of the earth. Our light is supposed to shine in places of darkness. And so our light is not for in here, where a bunch of other light is. Okay? If I turn on the flashlight right now, you can barely see it. Why? Because there's already light in this place. So if we turn the lights down or off and I put on a flashlight, you will be able to see it brightly. Why? Because now that light is in places of darkness. So when you go to your job, when you go on social media, when you go your family members, we go to your circle of friends, you go to all these places, and they are acting out in this way, we are there to shine our light, and to let them know the difference between righteous indignation and unrighteous indignation. Hate the act, but you love the person. Be upset of what they did, or what they said, or how they behaved, but love them, pray for them. Them them have mercy and grace upon. Them. Isn't that what Jesus did? Lord, forgive them, for they know not what they do. So if they are truly blind, what do you expect them to do? If they are truly blind, how do you expect them to act? God is never surprised by sinners acting like sinners. That's what they're supposed to do. They don't know the Lord. They don't have the Spirit of God. There. No, the surprise is when the saints begin to act like sinners. That surprise them, but in what God addresses in his word. So we are called to be different. We're in this world. We're not like this world. We're not of this world. We don't act like this world. So don't be surprised when sinners who don't know the Lord or don't know his word begin to act like that. Don't be surprised by that. But be there to show them the way. Now, what they do with that, that's between them and God. You can't cause them, you can't force them to listen to you and live in such a way. They may continue to do what they're doing, but at least you gave them the opportunity to know there's another way and there's a better way. And you never know what God might use that and and do for them in your life. So that's what I would say to those two questions. Anybody else? Questions before we close? All right. Well, thank you all again so much for being here. Before we let you go, we always want to give you an opportunity to make some decisions in light of what you have now heard. You know, the Bible says that God took out all of his wrath, that is, all of his anger for our sin upon his one and only son. And that's why later on in Corinthians he says there is no more wrath to come. We have not been appointed to the wrath of the anger of God. Why? Because he's already unleashed all of his wrath for our sin. is only for those who are found in Christ. If you are found in Christ, the wrath or the anger of God is something you never have to worry about again. But if you are not found in Jesus Christ, if you've never committed and surrendered your life to Jesus Christ, if you've never repented and turned from your sin, from the way and the direction that you are going, You are still in your sin and you still owe the payment for sin. And God says the wages of the payment for sin is death. You will feel the full wrath or anger of God at that time. But thanks be to God, He has poured out His mercy. He has poured out His grace that has delivered us from His... Believe on him, believe in him. Trusting him with all of your heart and all of your life. Call upon the name of the Lord and ask him to forgive you of all of your sin and to cleanse you of all. Your life to Him that you may never feel His wrath. So, if you need to make that decision, we pray you will make it today and at this time. And we'd be more than happy to pray with you and to pray for you at the end of service, should you be in the house making that decision. If you're making it online, just let us know in the comments section so we can rejoice uh, over this with you. Now, if you are a child of God, you are a Christian, you are a believer, mm-hmm. saved by. On your way to heaven, filled with the Spirit of God, then you ought to be able to have a grip and In verse seventeen, this is the heart, this is the mind, this is the spirit of Almighty God. He says, "Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it is." avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. He is thirsty, give him a drink. For in so doing, you will keep coals of fire on his head. Do not Overcome evil with what? You overcome evil with good. Don't try and do it your way. Don't try and take matters in your own hands. Don't say, well, God is taking too long and he's too merciful and kind. And forget, He won't get him like I want to get him. But well, do you want him to get you like you should be gotten? <laughs> Isn't it funny how we want God to have mercy and grace on, on us, but not on any? We want God to get them, but be merciful and gracious toward me. No. <laughs> Never ask God to do for you what you are not willing to do for somebody else. Lift your hands, receive the blessing and of the mission, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for this word you've given us tonight. And although it is hard, although it is convicting, although we see in and of ourselves, it is impossible for us to do. And that's why you what you again, to give us the power to do what we could not do on our own. So I pray, God, as you have given us the Spirit that has saved us, brought us from the dead and into your kingdom, also give us the power to live a resurrected life as well in every area and aspect of our life. And as you do, Lord, we come to give you all the glory on it. God, we love you. We'll see you next time. Lord bless you.